Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Psalm 51. To Psalm 51. We are working on the Sunday School series of the Way Back to God, doing this exploration of Psalm 51. This is David's great uh, prayer of him getting right with God once again. And what a wonderful thing it is to be right with God, that God wants us to be right with him. He wants us to be right with him in our relationship, and he wants us to be right with him in our fellowship. As we turn to Psalm 51, if you don't mind, we're going to read the entire thing and then go back and put attention on our lesson today. But notice with me in Psalm 51, and notice with me starting in verse 1. Psalm 51 and verse 1, the Bible says this, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did I bear, did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou makest me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that thy, the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. With burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings, then shall they offer bullocks upon thy altar. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in Psalm 51? Psalm 51 in verse 2, notice the phrase, wash me. Wash me. Here it clearly says, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. As David is crying out to God, he is crying out to God, God, 
Wash me. Cleanse me. I am dirty. He realized that he needed to be clean again. He realized that he needed a fresh start. He wanted to be cleansed from his sin. And he knew that only God could make him clean again. This is why in the midst of this prayer, he's saying, wash me, wash me. You know, we've looked seriously and soberly at David's great sin with Bathsheba and what his sin led to. No doubt David, a man after God's own heart and a man that had meditated upon the things of God so often, came to grips with his own sin. His thought, I'm going over this in my mind over and over and over. I'm reliving how awful sin truly is. And as I acknowledge it and relive it is ever before me, it's inescapable. No, mat- no wonder that he prayed to God, said, God, wash me, wash me. I need washed, I need cleansed. So with this idea, if you don't mind, let us explain and explore this idea that David is saying to God, wash me, God, make me clean again. I'm dirty. I need cleansed. With this, the first thing I'd like to point out to you is that God desires for us to be clean. God desires for us to be clean. Now, we were born in sin. We, early on, we recognize that not only we were conceived in sin, but we're sinners by choice. When, I, when we say this, that we were conceived in sin, that means that when you were a baby, guess what? You were a sinner. That you sinned. And so <laughs> we're in Psalm 51. Good. And we have a young Sunday school class upstairs, if you guys would like such things. And uh, in Psalm 51, <laughs> David is saying, wash me. Wash me and I'll be white as snow. Cleanse me. I want to be right with you. And when we were born, you were a sinner from the very time. I know you look at a sweet, innocent baby, but they're liars. It doesn't take you long. Let me give you an example. In the middle of the night, you hear a blood-curdling scream. Wah! Wah! And you think, are they dying? Did the diaper pins stab them? Are they hungry, thirsty? What's wrong with them? And you rush in there. And they look at you and go, goo. They just wanted attention. You think about children. You remember sitting your child down and said, all right, you need to survive life. So let me teach you how to lie. You remember having that course being taught to you when you were a kid? Well, then how'd you learn to lie? You learned to lie because you're a sinner. And that's what sinners do. You remember having the course about that when you get hungry, and I know your parents don't want you to, but you go steal cookies into the cookie jar. You know, kids, they're determined. You know, you almost think that if I put the cookie jar up on top of the refrigerator, they'll get the hint that they're not supposed to get it. But you know what they do? Is they get smart and they get a ladder or they get a couple buckets stacked on top of each other. But they'll find some way to get to it. Why? They're sinners. They didn't need a course to be a sinner. They're sinners by birth. And we're sinners by choice. All of us are sinners. That's the reality of it. But God wants us to be clean. We understand that every time we sin, it makes us dirty. Every time we sin, it makes us filthy and wicked. But God desires for us to be clean. 
One of the great pictures of this is found in Leviticus 16. You don't have to turn there, but I'm just marking it for you in Leviticus 16. And in that passage, it gives the illustration of the scapegoat. Now, what happens is in that picture, now remember it's a picture, the blood of goats and bulls never took away sin, but it was a way to picture, to put something in someone's mind of how awful sin is. And so every year, what would happen is that people would bring two goats. And the high priest would take the first goat and they would sacrifice it and put it on a, as a burnt offering unto the Lord. And when you would see that animal die, what you would see is <laughs> that people would, um, <laughs> that <laughs> as the animal died, you would be reminded of how awful sin is. My sin required something to die. Sometimes that's part of our problem is that we don't see the awfulness of sin. We don't see how awful all sin is. But to see an animal dying, not because you're going to eat it, not because you're going to use its coat for something, but it's dying simply to remind you that you're a sinner and your sin is awful. That's a horrible thing. To watch an animal die in your place. But then as to complete the picture, they would take the second goat and the high priest would lay his hands upon the goat as a picture of putting all the sins upon that goat. Then they would take it out to the desert and let it loose and let it run with a picture and the idea that your sins now are being pushed far from you, never to be seen again. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That when God forgives you of your sins, the Bible says that he buries it in the depths of the sea. Yeah. You know that there are parts of the sea that are so deep that you could put Mount Everest, the largest mountain, and put it underneath the water and still have a mile of water on top of it. And that's where your sins are buried, at the very bottom. They're at the place where no one could ever find it. Aren't you glad that no one could go find your sins anymore? That God has put it far away from you. The Bible talks about that God has cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. Now, if you took a globe and you went north, 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 there'd be a time that you were no longer going north, but now going south. But on a globe, you could go east, 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 and never hit west. Then you could turn around and go west, 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 and never come to the place where you're heading east. They never meet. They're so far from each other. And so God casts the sins from you as far as the east from the west. God desires for you to be clean. He desires you to be cleansed from your sin. Is that a wonderful thought? That we don't have to stay dirty. He has provided a way to be cleansed. By the way, that way is through Jesus Christ. Both the, the goats, the sacrifice of that goat upon the altar was a picture of Jesus dying for us. That because of our sin, something had to die. And Jesus died for your sins and for mine. And then, as another picture, that goat, that scapegoat. By the way, that's where that term came from, the scapegoat. The one that was placed our sins upon it, and now he's carrying our sins away. He was our scapegoat. That's what Jesus does, is he takes our sins far away. Both of those were pictures of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. That God desires for us to be cleansed. 
that God has forgotten about your sins. It is set so far away. Oh, what a wonderful thing that God wants us to be clean. So if God wants us to be clean, then we have to jump to another logical step. Is that if God wants us to be clean, we also understand that our God has made a way for us to be clean. That God has made a way for us to be clean. With that, let's go to another biblical illustration and turn with me to the gospel record of John chapter 13. The gospel record of John chapter 13. The gospel record of John chapter 13. And notice with me in verse number one. Now this is at the end of Jesus's earthly ministry. He has already had the last supper or his uh, with his disciples. And now he's spending some time with his disciples the last night before Jesus goes to the cross. And he pulls his disciples aside in order to teach them a lesson, in order for them to understand a principle here. So notice this, if you don't mind, in the gospel record of John chapter 13. Notice with me in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in this world, he loved them unto the end. And the supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand, that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel whereof he was girded. And so here what had happened is that Jesus, after the supper, he took off his, uh, his own clothes and put on the clothes of a servant. So he's making himself the king of kings, the Lord of lords has made himself a servant. And he begins to go to the disciples and begins to wash their feet. And uh, this is a very humbling thing back in the ancient world because of um, the paths that you went, everything was dirt roads. And because everyone wore sandals, what would happen as you would walk, your feet would be, get dirty. And so whenever someone would come into someone's house, so they didn't truck, track dirt and filthiness into the house, they would have a servant that would meet them. And the lowliest servant in the house, his job was to wash the feet of everyone that came in. Now here's Jesus taking himself in the form of the lowliest servant inside of the house. And he goes one by one and begins to wash the feet of the disciples. And he's trying to teach them a lesson. And now they're uncomfortable and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And finally Jesus begins to go to Simon Peter. Verse 6. Then cometh he to Simon Peter and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. So Jesus says, answers Peter and says, Hey, you, you're not going to understand what I'm doing right now. But after this lesson, it'll be in your head. Verse 8, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. So Peter says, wait a second, you're not going to wash my feet. No, 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 it's not going to happen. Jesus answered and said, If I wash thee not, have no part, then uh, thou hast no part with me. All right, if I don't wash your feet, then you don't have part of me. Uh, we, we're, we don't have fellowship together. There's something wrong. 
verse 9, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. So not just my feet, but wash all of me. If that's part of it, Jesus says, no, 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 not what I'm trying to teach right now. Verse 10, Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed, needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, ye are not all clean. Now, here we have a principle, an illustration that Jesus teaches. And we see that there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. That when we come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, he washes us, all of us, all parts of us, and we're clean in God's sight. We're we're washed clean. However, as you walk through the world, your feet get dirty. Think about this. You just took a shower. You're nice and clean. And so all of your body's clean, but you go walk on the dirt road. You go walk to your neighbor's house. And just walking there, kicking up the dust, your feet are now dirty. The rest of you, you don't necessarily need it cleansed again. It's already been clean. Just your feet. And so from time to time, you need your foot washing. Well, this is the same illustration that God gave back for the tabernacle. That what happened in the tabernacle is that people would come and they would bring their burnt offerings to the Lord as a picture that because of their sin, that something had to die. Well, the high priest would deal with this. And then before they could go in the tabernacle, they would come to the brazen laver. And in the brazen laver, they would have to wash up. And they would wash their hands. Now they're clean to go inside. Well, we understand that as we deal with the world, positionally we are clean with God. But as we deal with the, with the uh, with sin, we have to wash our hands every now and again. We have to wash our feet. We have to make sure that we're right with God. You could be saved and positionally uh, right with God, but your fellowship can not be right with God if, we, uh, if we're dirty. Does this sort of make sense? That sin separates us from God. Sin is what keeps us away from God. Sin is what separates us in the first place. But when Jesus died on the cross, he died to restore that fellowship and that relationship. What does that mean? That means we're always God's uh, children. That you can't be divorced. However, being one of God's children, you can still disappoint him. May we give an example? All right. We got a father son over here. All right. No matter what happens, you're always going to be his kid, right? No matter what. However, what happens if you go and smack your dad across the face? Are you still his kid? But your fellowship will be broken at that moment, right? There's going to be some tension between two of you. And you're going to have to restore that in order to have a good fellowship once again. Does that make sense? And so when we're talking about here is that when you come to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are cleansed from your sin. You are now brought into the family. You'll never be disowned. You'll never be divorced. You'll never be kicked out. However, as we continue in the world and we allow sin to come to our life, we need to take a bath again. We have to wash our feet. We have to wash our hands. We have to keep that fellowship with God correctly. Does that make sense? So... We're talking about one is dealing with our idea of our sins and our penalty of sin. That's been taken care of. But from time to time, your feet need to be washed. You need to be cleansed. We understand that it's Christ's righteousness 
that cleanses us and washes us. Now with this, let's take to a third thing. We know that we start off that God desires for us to be clean. We know that God has made a way for us to be clean. Then we come to this idea that our God cleanses us completely. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the back of the Bible, the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John and chapter number 1. The book of 1 John and chapter number 1. Now, the book of 1 John is dealing to primarily to believers. It's written to believers to let them know about the new life that they have in Christ and the fellowship that we can have with him. Notice with me in the book of 1 John chapter 1, and notice with me in verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, hath cleansed us from all sin. So here we have the idea that we want to have fellowship, but we start with the idea that God has cleansed us from all sin. And as we continue to walk with Christ, we have fellowship one with another. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We come to the idea that you are still a sinner. That even though you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, it didn't save you uh, from ever sinning again. We're saved from the power of sin, meaning we don't have to sin anymore. But the unfortunate truth is that we all still sin. How many of you, after you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, sinned? We all have. All right, we did not become sinless when we accepted Christ as our Savior. All right, but will we owe God the debt of hell for that sin if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior? No, because He's forgiven it all. Now we're talking about not our relationship, but our fellowship. If we walk close with Christ, we have to realize that we have to keep a good fellowship. We have to recognize that every one of us are sinners, every one of us have sinned. So what do we do about this? To think about that after I become a Christian, I still sin. I still mess up. I still failed God. How many of you messed up yesterday? Told a lie, disappointed God, told, had a bad thought. All of us did. I'm the pastor. I messed up. <laughs> we all have sinned. The good thing is, is that we have a way to be cleansed. Notice with me the next verse. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now notice the word sins, plural. Then notice the word sin, singular, in verse 7. Now this is an important distinction. In verse 7, when it deals with the idea of sin, singular, it's dealing it with, with it as a whole as that we were sinners and God has cleansed us from all sin. He has washed all of our penalty away. But in verse 9 it uses it in the plural. That, he, that if, if we confess our sins. This is not dealing with our sins as a whole. It's dealing with the individual sins. So as we have individual sins in our life. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Here's a wonderful God who loves us so much that when we sin and we commit an individual sin, that makes us dirty. And that we have to take care of that sin individual in our life. And we could do it by confessing our sin. Here's the picture. All right, let's imagine that you have a beautiful daughter. Some of us have beautiful daughters. If not, imagine your beautiful son. But just imagine, you're getting ready to go to church, okay? And you have your little child, beautiful uh, dress, uh, ready to go, the hair all braided, ready to, to go to church. And as you're getting ready, you turn around and you get re uh, something ready to go to church. And that little girl finds a mud pile puddle. I don't know a little girl in here would ever do such thing. But imagine, they find the mud and they trip and fall in the mud. Or maybe little brother pushed them in the mud. Or something happened and, and now they're all muddy. And they go back in and their face is all covered and coated. And mom, well mom just doesn't go, all right, well you know you shouldn't have done that. But I forgive you, okay let's go to church. You know what they do? As they go back in, take off the muddy clothes, and wash to cleanse. Get the mud out of the hair, put new clothes on, and send them off. That's what God does with us. Is that if we confess our sins, not only does he forgive us of our sins, but he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That word cleanse carries the idea of scrubbing. He scrubs you clean. And by the way, this is scrub clean in the inside. You know, sometimes we as Christians, you just need to take a bath. Tell God. Admit to Him. That's one of the problems that we have. That word confess. That word confess means to agree with God on. A lot of people think that when they're confessing their sins, they're telling on themselves. God already knows. He just wants you to admit that what you did wrong. Parents do that all the time. They ask the question, no already knowing the answer. What did you do? I don't know. They already knew what you did. Who broke the plant? Who broke the window? I don't know. Did Mr. Nobody live in your house? You know why the parents ask that question? Is because they just want the kid to admit it, to confess. Because there's something about being honest. At, in our house, the biggest uh, a crime that you could do in our house is to lie. Why? Because as long as they're honest, it doesn't matter how much trouble they're in, we can help them. The problem is, is that we don't like to be honest with ourselves. We don't like to admit that we did wrong. But you know, as long as you're honest with God, it doesn't matter how much trouble you got into, God can help you if you would just be honest, if you would confess. And by the way, aren't you glad you don't have to confess to a priest or to a preacher? I don't need to know all the stuff you did. But we can tell God, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That God wants us to be clean. And we can be clean. Not only in relationship. That comes when we accept Jesus as our Savior. And he pays the penalty of all of our sin. That we've done past, present, and future. Full, free, and forever. He pays it. But after that, God wants to maintain a good fellowship. And the way that we maintain a good fellowship is for us to be clean.
And we become clean by, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How can I maintain a good walk with God, walking in the light as he is in the light? Keep short accounts with God. That as soon as I have a bad thought, as soon as I tell a lie, as soon as I uh, do something wrong, go to God immediately and confess it. Go to God immediately and get it right. Keep short accounts with him. Stay clean. Part of the problems that we deal with sometimes is it's been a while since we've taken a bath and we're filthy and nasty and dirty and then we wonder why God seems so far away. It's because we stink. We need to be clean. We need to be cleansed. Aren't you glad? By the way, God does all the work. He does the cleansing. He does the forgiving. We just need to come up here and say, Daddy, I'm dirty. Daddy, I messed up. And he's a loving God who's willing to cleanse us every time. If we just admit. Now, again, this isn't a pass where you could go do whatever you want as long as you go confess to God. That's not what we're talking about. In fact, the opposite should occur that you realize how awful your sin is and how much it hurts God, how much it makes us dirty. It should make us where we don't want to get dirty anymore. We want to stay clean. And we can. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you. Thank you.